Hello, thank you for listening to Rapid ONG for Medical Students. My name is Professor Justin Clark, and I'm joined today by Dr. Ellen Knox to discuss diabetes in pregnancy. Ellen, could you remind us what diabetes is? Diabetes, or more correctly, diabetes mellitus, is a metabolic disease in which there are sustained high levels of blood sugar. Diabetes is due to either the pancreas not producing enough of the hormone insulin, which controls blood sugars, or the cells of the body not responding properly to the insulin produced. If left untreated, diabetes can cause many acute and chronic complications. Type 1 diabetes is caused by the pancreas failing to produce enough insulin. Type 2 diabetes begins with resistance of the body's cells to insulin and eventually inadequate insulin production. Obesity and lack of exercise are key factors in developing type 2 diabetes. And is it true that women can develop diabetes in pregnancy? Yes, pregnant women may have pre-existing diabetes or develop the condition in pregnancy, and this is known as gestational diabetes. Women with diabetes in pregnancy need close care throughout their pregnancy to prevent and identify problems arising. Why do women develop diabetes in pregnancy then? Gestational diabetes arises as a result of changes in hormone production that control glucose metabolism. During pregnancy, there's a release of insulin-resistant hormones from the placenta, such as human placental lactogen and progesterone. This results in additional glucose and other nutrients circulating within the bloodstream, which can be passed to the foetus to aid growth. To control the rise in circulating glucose in pregnancy, insulin production from the islet cells in the pancreas increases. This results in increased glycogenesis and peripheral uptake of glucose. In most women, control of carbohydrate metabolism is maintained through these physiological changes. However, some women fail to produce enough insulin to transport glucose from the blood to, into body cells, or their body cells are more resistant to insulin. Gestational diabetes then develops. Okay, so how do we diagnose diabetes in pregnancy? Unlike pre-existing diabetes, gestational diabetes does not normally present with clear clinical symptoms. It's diagnosed through the GTT, that is the glucose tolerance test. This involves sending a baseline fasting blood glucose level and then giving a 75 gram oral glucose sugary drink to the women. After two hours, the blood glucose level is repeated. In a non-diabetic patient, the blood glucose concentration will be observed to rapidly return to normal after an initial spike. Gestational diabetes is diagnosed if the initial fasting level is more than 5.6 millimole per litre or the two-hour glucose level remains high, that is more than 7.8 millimoles per litre. Are all pregnant women at risk of developing gestational diabetes? Maternal adaptations to control glucose metabolism are adequate in most pregnant women. However, it's estimated that up to 14% of women may develop the condition. There are known risk factors for developing gestational diabetes. Okay, so what are these risk factors? The biggest risk factor is a history of gestational diabetes in a previous pregnancy, and these women should be referred for a GTT straight away at booking. Or they may begin monitoring their own blood sugar BM levels if they are unable to fast for a glucose tolerance test, for example, if they're being very sick in early pregnancy. Other risk factors include a body mass index over 30 kilometers per meter square, kilograms rather, per meter squared, long-term treatment with steroids, a history of polycystic ovaries, a previous baby weighing over 4 kilograms, a family history of diabetes, that is parents or sibling with a condition either within or outside of pregnancy, and being of South Asian, Black African Caribbean or Middle Eastern ethnic origin. Women with these risk factors should be referred for a GTT at 26 weeks gestation. And why is a GT test, T test done at uh, 26 weeks gestation? This is because gestational diabetes is more likely to become apparent as a pregnancy progresses. 
This is because insulin production should increase during pregnancy, especially after 24 weeks gestation, to meet the needs of the growing foetus. Is a scheduled GTT the only way to detect gestational diabetes? All women should have a urine dipstick test at every antenatal appointment, and if they have 2 plus of glycosuria once, or 1 plus of glycosuria on two occasions, then they should also be referred for a glucose tolerance test. Okay, that's clear. So is gestational diabetes dangerous, though, for expectant mums and their babies? It's really important to note that most women diagnosed with gestational diabetes will go on to have normal pregnancies, deliveries and healthy babies. However, diabetes in pregnancy is considered a high-risk pregnancy, requiring additional antenatal surveillance of both mum and baby, timing of delivery and postnatal care. Okay, so what are these risks? Firstly, there's an increased risk of intrauterine fetal death, known more commonly as stillbirth. There's also a risk of trauma during birth to both the mum and baby because the baby can become unduly large for dates, which we term macrosomia. In some cases, shoulder dystocia can occur, which is an emergency delivery situation where the baby's head has delivered but its shoulders have become stuck in the birth canal, and this can sadly lead to serious injury to the baby and even death if delivery is delayed. If gestational diabetes is poorly controlled, then polyhydramnios, which is increased lycra around the baby, can also develop, leading to abnormal presentations, an increased risk of cord prolapse and postpartum haemorrhage. How do we treat gestational diabetes? All women with gestational diabetes should be referred to a specialist joint clinic and diabetic antenatal clinic, joint, specialist joint obstetric and diabetic antenatal clinic to manage the remainder of their pregnancy. If the fasting glucose level is less than 7 millimoles per litre, we can start with dietary management, which may control blood sugars in many women. They're referred to a dietitian and asked to monitor their blood glucose levels using a home blood glucose monitoring or BM kit before every meal and one hour postprandially as well as at night. If the BMs aren't under control after two weeks, they may be commenced on either metformin or insulin. You mentioned um, complications for the baby. Presumably they get close monitoring too. That's right. Women with gestational diabetes will have regular growth scans throughout the pregnancy. If their blood glucose levels are well controlled with diet, they'll be offered induction of labour by 40 plus 6 weeks gestation. If they require metformin or insulin in the pregnancy and their sugars are not well controlled or there is evidence of macrosomia or polyhydramnios, they may be offered an earlier induction of labour even as early as 37 to 38 weeks gestation. Offering induction has been shown to reduce the risk of macrosomia and birth trauma. If the estimated weight is over 4.5 kilograms on ultrasound, then women with gestational diabetes should be offered a caesarean section because of the risk of shoulder dystocia. I recall you referring to potential problems during delivery. How are women with gestational diabetes monitored during labour? During labour, continuous electronic fetal monitoring with a cardiotocograph or CTG on a delivery suite is required to assess fetal well-being. BM should be monitored hourly and a sliding scale commenced if necessary to control glucose levels. If there are concerns over the prog pro progress in the second stage of labour or the baby is considered relatively large, then an obstetrician should be present to assist with any delivery complications that may arise. How do we manage these women and their babies after delivery? Usually hyperglycemic treatment is stopped following delivery and this plan should be made antenatally with the woman. They will then normally monitor their blood sugars for 24 hours postprandially. All women should then have a fasting blood glucose taken at six weeks postnatally with their GP to check for underlying type 2 diabetes. Women who have had gestational diabetes are at an increased risk of developing further gestational diabetes in subsequent pregnancy or developing type 2 diabetes in the future. 
It's important that they're advised about diet and weight loss if necessary and that they have an annual HbA1c check with their GP. The babies at risk of hypoglycemia post-delivery and early and regular feeding should be encouraged and BMs checked for the first 24 hours. Are women who have pre-existing type 1 or type 2 diabetes managed in a similar way during pregnancy as those with gestational diabetes? In short, yes, but complications are unfortunately more likely and additional interventions are required. Women with known diabetes should be referred for preconceptual counselling to ensure their diabetes is well controlled prior to conception. These women should ideally have a glycosylated haemoglobin or HbA1c less than 48 millimoles per mole at conception to reduce the risk of congenital anomalies and should be on a higher dose of 5 milligrams of preconceptual folic acid until 12 weeks gestation and ideally 12 weeks prior to pregnancy. They need to be screened for end organ damage as this can worsen with pregnancy. This should include screening for retinopathy and nephropathy and they'll need additional screens during their pregnancy. While macrosomia can occur, as in gestational diabetes, conversely intrauterine growth restriction can occur because of placental problems. Women with pre-existing diabetes are at increased risk of developing hypertension and preeclampsia in pregnancy and should also be started on low-dose aspirin by 12 weeks gestation to continue throughout the pregnancy to try and reduce these latter risk, later risks. So how should diabetic women be managed in pregnancy? All oral hyperglycemic agents other than metformin should ideally be stopped pre-conception and if necessary they should be commenced on insulin. They should have their blood sugars very carefully monitored and they need to increase blood sugar monitoring in pregnancy and aim to achieve fasting levels of between 4 and 5.3 millimole per litre with a one hour postprandial level of less than 7.8 millimole per litre. Uh, but, isn't it, uh, but what about monitoring of the baby? baby would need a, an additional detailed fetal echocardiogram scan, echocardiogram scan at 20 weeks due to an increased risk of cardiac anomalies of the fetus, fetus and be offered additional growth scans. They should also be offered induction of delivery of the baby between 37 and 38 plus 6 weeks gestation.